It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The New Statesman. I'm Rachel, and on today's episode of the New Statesman podcast, I'm talking to our media correspondent, Will Turville, about how Fleet Street will vote in the next election. Will, thanks so much for joining the podcast. Great to be here. You are our media correspondent and also obviously a journalist for Press Gazette. And you have written this really interesting piece on how newspapers will turn in the election. Will they turn out for Labour? Will they turn out for the Conservatives? Will they fail to endorse a candidate at all and say they're all rubbish? Why does this matter? Why do people get like, this is the thing that like people in the sort of Westminster bubble get really into. And, oh, we're going to get the endorsement from the Times or the Sun or whatever. Why does it matter? I think there is a strong argument to say that it doesn't matter because how many people, when they buy a newspaper, flick through to the to page 25 of what, or whatever it is of the Times and read the editorial? Probably not all people. Some people, but not all people. Who reads the Sun and flicks to page 8 to read what it has to say about the state of the nation? Probably some people, but not that many. I mean, I do, of course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's why it's important because of me. No, <laughs> it's important though because... Some of the most defining moments from elections come from these endorsements, and that's why it's important. When The Sun, after backing four or five Tory wins at elections, came out for Tony Blair in 1997, that was a big moment. When The Sun put on its front page in 1992, if Kinnock wins the election, will the last person to leave Britain please turn out the lights? Those are big, important moments in elections, and so they can help define them. So I say endorsements in themselves... Maybe not that important, but it's actually the coverage of those endorsements from people like us that add to their significance, I believe. And it's not just that they're expecting people to read their editorials and think, ah, right, so the Sun tells me that I should vote X, therefore I will do it. It's because the Sun and other newspapers don't just tell their readers what to think, they also reflect the views of their readers. So that's why I think everyone's very interested in them in the Westminster bubble. So there is a lot of different things going on there. One is the distinction between a formal official endorsement, you know, the Sun is coming out for Tories, Labour or whatever. One is the way that paper treats its political 
coverage, the way they frame things. We've all seen, for example, how The Express framed any of the stories to do with Boris Johnson in quite a sort of laughable pro-Boris way, even when he was obviously about to resign. And then one, I guess, is, as you say, are they reflecting the views of their readers or are they directing their readers, which is something that we can chat more about later on. But just to start with the basic media landscape, where do the papers fall? Everyone knows that The Telegraph is Tory and The Guardian and The Observer are on the left. What about the others? Yeah, so Telegraph could be interesting, depending on uh, maybe by the time this podcast goes out, they'll have some left-leaning <laughs> proprietor. We're, I wouldn't have thought so. But. We're going to buy it, aren't we? You and me. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Who will we back? Though? Assuming That's a lot. Telegraph doesn't get a radically left-wing owner, mm. they endorse right. Yes. So apart from the Guardian Observer on the left, you also have there the Mirror and the Sunday Mirror which are different newspapers. They'll both put out editorials and endorsements. They'll both back Labour, as will the Sunday People, which is that group's other other Sunday newspaper. Then you have the Independent in the middle. The last couple of elections, it hasn't made an endorsement. Traditionally, going back a little bit, because it was founded in the late 1980s, it was a non-endorsing newspaper. Now it's online only, so potentially less less significant in that respect anyway. But that could be an interesting one. It's got its new editor is the former editor of the Daily Mail, Geordie Grieg. So could that have an impact? There's Lord Lebedev, ally of Boris Johnson, is the largest shareholder. So that will be an interesting one. Same with Evening Standard. Lebedev also owns Evening Standard, and that's a London newspaper, but it's always considered part of Fleet Street. So those are the ones in the middle. On the right, in addition to the Telegraph, you have the Daily Mail on Sunday, again, run separately. The Express, Sunday Express, which will very likely come out for the Tories again, although back in 2015 they actually went for UKIP. So that'll be, yeah, I would have thought they're all going to be all going to be conservative. And then in the middle, further in the middle, in addition to the Independent and the Evening Standard, you have the Times, Sunday Times, traditionally conservative newspapers, but they have backed Labour previously. They were supportive of Blair on and off, and the Sun in that bracket as well. And the Financial Times, which is also a real floating voter on Fleet Street, actually. So you might think since 2010, it's always back to the Conservatives, apart from in the in 2019, when it couldn't bring itself to endorse Boris Johnson or Jeremy Corbyn. But if you go look back a bit further, it actually backed Neil Kinnock in 1992, Tony Blair, through the Blair years. So that's the rough landscape. Those three in the centre, the Sun the FT and the Times and the Sunday Times, so three and a half, four. They're all quite interesting for different reasons. The Sun, you write, has got it, depending on how you look at it, got it right every time, never backed her. 1979, yeah. And after the 1992 Kinnock front page, they they ran with, it was the Sun what won it, which you probably wouldn't see in the Times in quite that language. (laughs) Apparently Rupert Murdoch wasn't happy with that. I believe that came up at the Leveson Inquiry. He thought that was an inappropriate thing to do. They clearly had fun with that one though. (laughs) The Times, like we've heard a lot of uh, sort of rumours about how much Keir Starmer's media team are focusing on like the Times and getting positive Times coverage. They clearly think that's really important. The FT is really interesting from an economics perspective, because as we talk about on this podcast with Ben Walker, which party is trusted on the economy is a really key metric for how well they'll do in an election. And one of the interesting turning points over the last year or so has been this idea that 
the Tories are the party you can trust with the economy fading and the idea that actually Labour is sensible and competent and has a clearer idea of how to do with the very difficult economic situation that we find ourselves in. That's been a really interesting shift. Are there any clues from recent coverage of whether that kind of economic credibility argument is paying off when it comes to the FT? Yes, I think so. So this week, the week we're recording, they've run some very in-depth coverage of Starmer and and Starmer's Labour, the Starmer project. And I think what that shows is, that's not an endorsement by any means, but what that shows is that the FT is taking Labour very seriously. And by the looks of it, Labour's identified the FT as an important place to, to talk to. It seems, sounds like they've got really good access this there. This is the prawn cocktail offensive. <laughs> this idea that they're going talking to business leaders and business journalists at soirees, and they always seem to have prawn cocktail. Yeah. But in terms of the FT's editorials, I had a scan through all of them, not all of them, but going back a few months for this piece. And it's a mixed bag. They were obviously very concerned about the Tories around the time of Liz Truss. But I think they were quite supportive of some of the things that Jeremy Hunt's done. They quite liked his budget, I believe. If it was still Liz Truss or if it was Boris Johnson, there'd be no competition for the FT. I'd say, reading between the lines, as, as long as Starmer doesn't come out with anything too mad over the next year or so. But yeah, I, as far as I can see, I think my reading is that they take Starmer seriously and it could well be that they back him. And I do think that would be, as we were talking about at the beginning, that's what would be significant. It's not I don't know how many people would read an FT editorial because their print circulation is around 100,000, which is nothing to sniff at, but probably a lot of that, a lot of those people are globally focused anyway. And then online, they've got loads of digital subscribers, around a million, and half of those roughly are from the UK. So that's significant. But then again, how many of those are going to be reading the FT's editorial to make their minds up? I spoke to Alistair Campbell about this point, and he said, yeah, the thing about the FT is that um, FT readers generally will have made their minds up. They don't need an FT editorial to, to tell them that. But I think in terms of the broader coverage, if the FT backs Labour, that's a big story. That's going to be on the BBC. We're going to cover it. And therefore, that's going to cut through to people who wouldn't necessarily read the editorial, but would read that and think, ah, the FT thinks that Labour can be trusted on the economy. That's significant. Maybe I could vote for them. Whereas I felt I couldn't perhaps under Jeremy Corbyn. And I want to talk about the ripples that newspapers cause in other sections of the media in a minute. But just on The Sun, because The Sun, as you say, was traditionally a Labour-supporting paper once, although it feels like a very long time ago. Any signs that The Sun could give Keir Starmer a slightly easier time anytime soon? Oh, not really. No. Reading the editorials this week. They're brutal, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Sir Slippery, like Sir Softy. Which yeah. doesn't even make sense, because if you were a <laughs> Sir, then it would be your first name rather than your surname. Is his name Softy? I don't yeah, get it. alliteration, isn't it? It doesn't look like it, but then it'll be really interesting. I think this is going to be a really big story when it happens, because if we trust the polls, then it looks like Starmer's got a very good chance of winning the election. But then if you look at the Sun editorials, then it just doesn't look like there's any chance that the Sun could change its mind on that. So it'll be really interesting. Some people I spoke to, Ben Nunn, who I spoke to, formerly Director of Communications for Labour, he held out some hope, actually, that the Sun could swing to back Labour. I can't see it happening just from what, just from reading the editorials. I don't see how they can do that. I just, it's, it'd be a hell of a reverse ferret to put it in Fleet Street parlance. But I think what could happen potentially is the Sun could say to its readers, we're going to let you decide now. 
endorsements are a thing of the past. And then five years later, it might bring an endorsement back. But I don't know how it goes. I also spoke to an editor, a former editor of The Sun, David Yelland, who said to me that he thought that Rupert Murdoch would not accept backing a loser and therefore he wouldn't back Rishi and therefore it's either Labour or no one. So I think it's a distinct possibility that The Sun could make, make headlines this election by not actually making an endorsement. After the break, we'll talk more about how much newspaper endorsements really matter in the wider media landscape. If you are subscribed to The New Statesman, you can get all of our episodes ad-free on the New Statesman app. It's available for both iPhone and Android. Just search New Statesman on the app or Google Play Store. We'll be right back. If you enjoy The New Statesman podcast, then you'll love our daily politics newsletter, Morning Call. It's a quick, essential guide to the big political story each morning by me, Freddie Hayward and Rachel Weymouth, featuring original reporting from Westminster and beyond, our analysis of the latest political news and some recommendations of the best reads of the day. Sign up for free at the link in the podcast description. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That's a wonderful segue in terms of how much all of this matters because correlation is not causation as we like to say and is it just that the sun is really in tune with its readers and with the country and knows how to pick a winner is it a sense of seeing which way the wind is blowing rather than actually having the power as it were to pick who the, who the next Prime Minister, who the government is going to be. And if it's the latter, if they can do, should we be worried about that? Is that a good way to run a democracy? Yeah, so on the first point, I'd say the endorsement doesn't necessarily matter in itself. And I think we touched on this at the beginning, but it's not just the, about the endorsement with, some, with a newspaper like The Sun or The Daily Mail. It's not necessarily just about the endorsement. It's about the coverage in the lead up to the election. So if you think back to 2015... You may remember there was the Sun front page. I can't remember the headline, but I'm sure it was something quite witty with a bit featuring a big photograph of Ed Miliband eating a bacon sandwich, apparently the wrong way. And then that was an, that was maybe an election-defining photograph, maybe an election-defining front page. I, you couldn't necessarily say, again, it's the causation issue, but you couldn't necessarily say that cost Ed Miliband the election. But it was a moment. And it, I suppose that's, in a way, it's a remarkable form of journalism, where you photojournalism, where you've taken a photo and you've persuaded people that that captures someone's personality. And a lot of people might have seen that photo. I don't know. I, I think that maybe that's too judgmental. I don't know how to eat a bacon sandwich. I might do it with a knife and fork. In fact, you know what? I would eat, I'd eat it with a knife and fork, which I think you're is worse. Running, you're not running to be prime minister. <laughs> but that's a really interesting point in that it's not just about the endorsement. And it's not even just about the coverage in the paper. It's about the ripples that coverage can cause. And obviously, since the last election, we've got some new TV channels we've got gb news and talk tv we've got some new radio channels but there's this idea that if there's a story that 
resonates, what somebody has got on their front page, that can become a talking point on radio and even like the, if it's a big story, the BBC and Sky, I'm pretty sure that Sky at least and probably the BBC as well covered the bacon sandwich story back then. It's even though there were new players in our media ecosystem, the trajectory of these stories goes from editorials all the way through to something that people might see in obviously social media as well. Is that why the FT kind of matters as well, that the FT does a positive story on whoever and then that topic gets discussed on the news and someone might point to an FT story? Or is that too... Does anyone care about the FT quite that much? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they do. No, I think that's absolutely right. And I think that's... Yeah, there is an, there's definitely an interesting question around GB News in particular about how that will affect the election because we haven't really had that sort of channel before that's got, it's not got a massive audience, but I think it's got quite a loyal audience and it's difficult to imagine that anyone watching it is going to be voting for Keir Starmer from the bits that I've seen. I've spent some time watching it. But yeah, and on the ripple effect, that is significant. That's always been significant. And it's funny, isn't it? But it's that's a way that in my piece I've written that What's worth bearing in mind is that Fleet Street's circulations have fallen significantly since the last election. If you look back to the beginning of the beginning of the turn of the century, the, in 1997, the Sun would have had close to about four million daily copies sold a day, and and the average daily copy is what possibly seen by three people. So that's huge. The Sun circulation now is much smaller, probably below one million. We don't have the figure exactly, but you're right that that front page is going to be projected onto television screens and I'm sure GB News will make a big thing of it, Talk TV, which is part of the same company, will make a big thing of it. So yeah, the ripple effect and uh, and broadcasters are, are going to be big in this as well. And Twitter and TikTok. And Twitter and TikTok and YouTube and whatever else. And uh, us. Yes, us, absolutely. <laughs> well, Turville, thank you so much for chatting to us. Thank you. You've been listening to the New Statesman podcast with me, Rachel Cunliffe, and my colleague, Will Turville. We'll be back on Thursday discussing the week in politics. Remember, if you'd like to submit a question for us to discuss on a future podcast, you can do so at newstatesman.com forward slash us. Follow us on your podcast app to make sure you get new episodes as soon as they're released. And you can also check out our YouTube channel. Just search YouTube for The New Statesman. We're produced by Adrian Bradley.